0: Before we get to the Browns film breakdown podcast, part of the blue wire podcasting network. I want to talk to you guys about what's going on over at my bookie. You've heard me talk about them before. I'm going to tell you guys about them. Again, the NCAA tournament's getting close conference championship week is going on. It's in full swing right now. The NBA is closing in on the playoffs. Playoff races are heating up. No better time to put a little money into my bookie and see what you can make. Okay. Uh, you know, the answers are for you guys going into March madness, trying to play an entire bracket or pick a national, champion you can do whatever you would like to do they got all sorts of options for you my bookie has been the best in the business for years their goal is to give you guys the best customer service in the business and the best part is they pay out fast when you win i'm talking 48 hours fast guys bet with the best and kick back and enjoy whether it's march madness or the playoffs Kick back and enjoy and watch your picks and win you some cash. Deposit with MyBookie today using the promo code BLUEWIRE for a 50% sign-up bonus. That promo code, once again, is BLUEWIRE. With MyBookie, you play, you win, and you get paid. Kick up the music. Welcome to Browns Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns, writer for the OBR, writer for Cleveland.com. Coming at you guys now on what is... Wednesday night, I'm losing track of what day it is. The Odell Beckham trade happened. Broke that down with Jordan Zerm last night in an emergency podcast. Listen to that one if you can. But I got to keep trudging along here as we do the prospect study. Ironically enough, this prospect study this week involves wide receivers, and we're going to talk about Odell Beckham. We're going to talk about the Browns' depth chart. There's a lot of things going on with wide receiver. Brashad Perriman decided to take his services to tampa bay upon hearing about the trade a wise move for him in his career the exact same deal in tampa bay hope it all works out for him nothing but the absolute best for Rashad perriman turning his career around did a great job in cleveland the last half of the year very unexpected seems to have rectified some of the issues with bringing the football in i hope it wasn't just a thing with baker mayfield a, a sort of a quick show of things there for him and hopefully this is a prolonged thing and all of the best for Rashad in Tampa Bay, it does look like Rashad Higgins has every intention of coming back, tweeting things often about Odell Beckham welcoming him to Cleveland and the Browns' chances and all of those things. It seems like Higgins thoroughly wants to be a part of things. I expect the Browns to work out either keeping him for just one more year on the tender, uh, you know, that $2 million original round tender, or working out some sort of long-term deal. But I don't think they're going to let him get away because he is the ideal Z for their situation. Browns also signed Demetrius Harris, the tight end from Kansas City. Big guy, 6-7, will bring a nice tight end to presence. Should be a more consistent blocker than that phase that the Browns were looking at using quite a bit at the end of the year with Darren Fells. I have more faith that he can get it done in the blocking game. Taylor can, a little bit more proven in both the run game, pass game. Brings a bigger physical body type, too. I don't expect the Browns to be in much 12 personnel that involves Harris being a pass catcher. So, uh, you know, Seth, the valve is still here, or they will draft a tight end at some point, too, who could be maybe a bit of a more, bit more of a pass catcher if that situation arises. But expect the Browns to be in a lot of 11 personnel. We'll talk with, we'll talk with Brendan about that. The Browns also went out and signed. Uh, linebacker adarius taylor uh, his name might sound different to you he actually switched his last name to taylor just this past year he was with tampa bay special teams captain for tampa bay a a player who was effective just specifically in special teams but will provide linebacker depth too and plays on occasion here and there and can give the browns a chance if injuries do strike but a really nice special teams player because the browns need as many of those as they can find uh, so so nothing crazy happened in terms of Free agency action. Things will probably continue to pick up. There are some names who have been released uh, that I think will teams will be jumping on as cap casualties are sort of starting to happen. And then I do think as well you will see the Browns pursue some sort of starting caliber box strong safety uh, at some point here before the draft to sort of uh, you know procure some of those needs that they've run into and maybe even sign an interior offensive lineman. But I know the Browns gave up their first round pick and and that sort of stinks. Uh, you know, you're getting back at Beckham, so you, you you bite the bullet there. But uh, they still have a plethora of picks. They still have multiple picks in multiple rounds. Uh, it'll still be a nice little draft home when it's all said and done, and that's why John Dorsey accumulated so many picks so that he had the ammo to go out and make this kind of deal for Beckham. So it's really exciting what the Browns are able to swing for Beckham, and I'm not going to waste any more time because there's so many things I want to talk about. Let's shift over to our guest, guys. We will be right back. Alright guys, excited to welcome in Brendan Leister. You guys know Brendan from uh, a myriad of different things he does on his own. He's a a pro football focus analyst, does great work over there, provides great insights, especially on the Browns and what they're doing this offseason. Does USA Today football writing. If you haven't seen any of those, I'm sure you have. Find those. He's going to teach you some things about football. Also jumping on uh, the Browns film breakdown channel with me as as often as possible and he's also a host of his own podcast they do the Browns note with him and Ryan Burns they do a fantastic job excited to have Brendan on to talk wide receivers Co- you know coincidentally Brendan I've been talking about doing this for a while and then all of a sudden they get this pretty special wide receiver so it takes a little bit of the draft away but we'll get a you know some fun conversation about what the depth chart might look like Brendan how you doing man
1: doing great man how about yourself
0: Oh well you know coming back down from cloud nine that was last night that was pretty special you know how it is man how was it for you
1: oh man I was so excited like I got that call from you I wasn't expecting them to make that trade right at that time you know it just came out of nowhere and I hadn't even seen the report yet so yeah really excited uh I thought that that was exactly what they needed um to take the offense to the next level you know I I kind of I agreed with some people that would say that you know the team could still be in the playoff hunt and potentially win the afc north without like a big time receiver but i think odell beckham jr adds that explosive element that can take the team to a whole different level a lot sooner than they would have been um otherwise
0: yeah i mean let's keep diving into to who odell is i mean um i i think that the 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 interesting thing i'll throw this at you people talk about the negative of this trade um there's the idea of uh the injury risk uh I, I 2017 did he break his ankle what was the deal with that do you remember
1: well i know that body calhoun hit him low in a, i know in, in a preseason. preseason game and i think it was a knee injury i thought okay, it was that,
0: ha- that happened in the year then I, I know that he only played what four yeah. games you know i think you know that yeah
1: he, know. he had like the lingering injury and then i think the the injury that happened in the middle of the season came from what happened in the preseason kind of yeah they like okay. they kind of had to do with each other
0: gotcha and then last year I know was the bruised quad was causing him some issues but I do think that everything I have gathered is that he just shut it down it was th- the mm. week 13 weeks into the season they were they were terrible at that point it's like why risk it getting hurt even further I'm just what I'm getting at is I don't see an injury risk I see a guy who had a weird 2017 played really well in 2018 was on pace to uh, have career you know I think he was close to a career number wise and and if you would have stayed on pace for receiving yards and catches something along those lines pretty close but what I want to ask you Brendan is this concept of this guy is a diva um you know a prima donna he's he's prone to tantrums you and I talk every day man We we talk back and forth and I think I want you to share where you're at with it about that side of him that people get confused
1: yeah, I've been saying for a while that I think he just he fits in really well with the Browns' uh, culture, what they're building. I think he was kind of a fish out of water in in New York. Um, that organization is kind of in shambles, and I think there's a lot of smart people that have been saying that that there just isn't really any direction with what they're doing personnel wise and with their decision-making and, you know, sticking with Eli all these years when he's only had really like three good years in his whole career. Um, And they're still sticking with him, you know, late, late into his thirties. Now they traded away their their best talent on the roster by far um, in my opinion. And so, yeah, I think that, you know, he's a competitive guy that wants to win desperately. Um, He seems like a good, person in the locker room based on what everybody's said and yeah he gets mad from time to time frustrated with losing but i think that most competitive guys will be that way i think if if we were to see the browns struggle with losing for a long period of time it would be the same thing with baker mayfield uh same thing with jarvis landry and other guys on the team i mean some guys don't handle losing well because they're above it and they you know they're super competitive people and when you have a bunch of guys like that in the locker room especially Uh, At the quarterback position, I think that's the thing that's going to drive it within this culture. Um, I think that just between Mayfield, Landry, and OBJ especially, I think those three guys are so competitive, they're going to elevate the whole, um, not only the offense, but I think the whole mindset and attitude of the locker room as a whole. So I'm really excited to see how he fits in. And I I think that Freddie Kitchens has the, the right mindset, attitude, demeanor, to handle all these personalities too, um, we saw the way that he dealt with, you know, like Mayfield last year, the relationship that he built with him, and I think that he and Dorsey both understand that it's all about relationships. And um, I'm really excited to see how all this comes together. Um, I'm not worried about any of that stuff. I think that winning will cure all, and I think that in in New York, with the media in New York, the big city, um, I think the the losing kind of took its toll on the environment. And OBJ got fed up with that.
0: Yeah, I think you're spot on, especially about Freddie Kitchens and juggling personalities, because uh, I would say that's one of the leading reasons that he felt comfortable, not he, but John Dorsey felt comfortable giving the job. So I align with you perfectly on that. And and I'm of the ilk, too, man, that, you know, these guys don't care who gets the numbers. Like, the thing that I keep going back to is both of them have been paid. They've both been paid, so it's not like not getting numbers is going to affect those two. And when I say those two, I mean Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. It's going to affect their bottom line. They're both being paid handsomely by the Browns. So it's like that underlying factor that can sometimes be a thing for guys isn't there. They're just going to want to win. I think that that is the thing that I feel really good Mm -hmm. about. You have... The ultimate competitor in Mayfield, who just wants to win as a quarterback, and really, (laughs) I I I believe that he doesn't care. Like I I don't think that he just because he gets Odell and there'll be he'll get targets to Odell because it'll come naturally. But I don't foresee him forcing things to him. I think he's not going to change his DNA. I think he'll still be a guy who's going to get the ball to whoever schemed or he feels is comfortable throwing the football to based on what the defense does. But my point, overarching point earlier was. You have guys who just want to win. Odell's been through the the, the glitz and glamour of New York. He just wants to win. <coughs> Jarvis Landry is built to be a winner. And it just feels to me like the perfect blend of guys who don't care, although they should have egos. I feel like when Jarvis and Odell get together, they're going to balance that out with each other like they've done for so long. And, in and, and two, the mixture of Adam Henry, a guy who's been yep. with them from the beginning as their code wide receiver coaches, everyone seems to have come across and understood now. Is it's going to be paramount, and I think that's going to be important uh, to the whole big picture. And um, yeah, man, I mean, I think it's 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 fantastic for the group as a whole, and I think it's going to be fantastic for Cleveland. He's the ultimate celebrity, and I said this today to I think Ben Axelrod had said something, but you know he said this this isn't quite LeBron coming back, but it's it's pretty it's pretty dang close or close, you know, as close as we might get with the Browns. And that's where I said. You know, I think this is the closest the NFL can get to giving us something like that. Because, like, quarterbacks are the biggest stars. And those guys, when they're, like, you know, Patrick Mahomes level now or or, or Aaron Rodgers, they don't get traded. They don't they don't find yep. their way to other teams. So this guy is as big a celebrity that will move. And it felt like it. I mean, I don't remember Brendan all too well 2015. <laughs> like, I remember 2015 okay, like... When I found out LeBron was coming here, but I, I mean I was in my living room and like I called you yelling like I called you like yeah. this really happened man like and um yeah it, it just it i don't I don't know it's 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 sort of a culmination to me a culmination of a lot of things you just kind of flash back to Owen sixteen and one and fifteen and Hugh Jackson and all the things you went through to get to the point that you have this. You know, you did a great job of putting together the depth chart that we put out on Browns Phone Breakdown's YouTube, uh, Twitter handle. And the roster looks really fun. There are spots we'll have to fill in, and we're going to talk about receiver depth chart stuff. But, yeah, man, it was just sort of that culmination feeling to me. What was it like for you?
1: Oh, I agree with that, yeah. I mean, the the media hype and everything and everybody being so excited, I, I agree 100%. It is um, kind of – it's an interesting thing, though, because it's not basketball, you know, like with um, like with LeBron, like everybody knew that immediately that move takes the team from being awful to being NBA finals immediately, like basically overnight. You know, everybody knew that they had a good chance at making it that far where I think like this move definitely puts the Browns into a playoff conversation and I do think, like, I obviously i have made it clear that OBJ is ex- an extremely valuable player, but football is such a team game that um, like, it's interesting, like, off-season hype in March doesn't always correlate quite as much to the field as we hope, but I think mm-hmm. that in this situation, it should be a case where it does, and that's not only because of OBJ, but it's also because of Vernon and Sheldon Richardson and other moves that the Browns continue to make. And I think that they're, you know, they're building a whole team. It's not like 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 if he were to leave and go to the bills and then he's like the only star on the team like that would be a huge deal but the reason that it's such a big deal right now is because the browns have a franchise quarterback and they're right on the cusp and that's that's what's so exciting about it i think is that it's like oh vernon that's awesome like oh richardson hell yeah and then all of a sudden it's like obj holy crap like they're serious (laughs) about this like they're ready to win a super bowl like this team you know they're ready that's the mindset now so um you know on paper who knows if they're ready to win a super bowl yet when the games start being played but like their mindset is we want to go do it so yeah that's something that all the fans and everybody should be extreme extremely excited about and and that's what uh is just so fun because yeah like you said 0 16 a couple years ago and now we're here um rest in peace sashi <laughs>
0: <laughs> pretty remarkable that's a good conversation <laughs> for another day a lot of people are talking about but uh <laughs> uh, I do, do want to talk wide receiver depth chart, uh, but real quick, before we get to wide receiver depth chart, I want to talk to you guys about Blue Wire teaming up with Harry's Razors guys uh, to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably, so go to com slash blue wire to save $10 on a value trial set which includes the five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lather shave gel, travel blade cover all included, you get all of that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with those cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's is fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned, so Harry's bought out a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. So join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial uh, by going to Harrys.com/bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. You don't love your shave let them know they'll get you guys a full refund so again make sure you go to harrys.com bluewire blue wire to redeem your razor for three dollars they sent us one as a part of the blue wire network and i'm just telling you guys it's an awesome razor i got rid of my gillette try these they're fantastic so back to browns i want to talk uh with you brendan about depth uh across the board here we we know about landry we know about beckham um, where do you see Higgins and Callaway shaking out in this, uh, in this grouping?
1: I personally expect OBJ to be the starting X receiver Landry to be the slot. Um, when they're in 11 personnel, one back, one tight end, three receiver set. Um, I when think you say X, Higg-
0: what do you mean by that for people who don't have any idea?
1: Yeah. So it's a split end. So he's usually typically the X would be the number one receiver, um, That's going to be isolated opposite of trips. They're going to be lining up on the line of scrimmage most of the time. Um, So they're going to face a lot of press coverage. They're going to see a lot more um, situations where uh, they'll face the best corner and then also safeties tilt their direction more often. So if you have a dominant X receiver that can run any route on the tree – then teams might tilt their free safety toward that direction, and that can open up opportunities for guys on the other side of the field mm-hmm. or for slot receivers also. Um, so that's kind of how I see those two guys. And then I think Higgins is like prototypical Z receiver. I mean, he's a possession guy. He can. He's a very good route runner. Um, he, he can go deep, but I think he's just much more of a solid, intermediate, short type receiver. Love the he's going to threat people in those areas. Yep, yeah, and so you and and I think the thing to keep in mind with these guys too is that they'll they'll all move around. I mean, yeah, Beckham played over 100 snaps in the slot last year. He'll he'll play off the ball. He'll go in motion sometimes as the Z receiver. They'll move these guys around. But I'm just talking about the primary designations.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. And it's what's fascinating about um, Beckham was there was a couple fun stats put out. You know, Pro Football Focus. You guys put out some good ones, and then. I think Sharp Football had the one about uh, Baker Mayfield. Like fourteen percent of his touchdowns with with Freddie Kitchens were via slant routes. Some of there could be some interchangeable uh, distinctions between slant routes or not. But there, you know, I watched a lot of Odell film last night, and he runs a ton of them. And man, does he create yeah. easy separation. Um, just right off the line. So you're right. That that X receiver man who can who can run the full tree and threaten any part of the field is, is a game changer. Safeties on film are constantly paying attention to. Even he runs drags. Like I was watching teams in cover four yep. getting beat with posts by Z's over top because he runs a drag from the opposite side. Like he changes the entire outlook of things. <clears throat> and uh, it, it'll, it'll be really fun to see, um, you know, sort of how it all shakes out and how it all will shake out with Mayfield's progressions and stuff like that too. Uh, you 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 talked about higgins do you think okay we're going to kind of shift topics but keeping on the browns but looking at the draft do you think they draft a wide receiver because like the top five right now you're looking at beckham you're looking at landry you're looking at callaway you're looking at higgins and then you're kind of looking at damian ratley Mm -hmm. obviously from last year the sixth round pick had a game against the chargers where he showed (laughs) like a little bit of something going and getting the football a little bit but not enough to ever feel good about And then you got Derek willies do you Mm -hmm. think they do pursue somebody in the draft maybe middle to late
1: yeah i think so i think the thing that they need is they don't have a a special teamer and Mm -hmm. usually you know callaway yes he returns kicks and stuff but he's not like a gunner he's not like a cover guy on on special teams i don't believe um if he does i apologize i wasn't aware of it but what i think that they need is you know a fifth receiver to develop behind ever all those other guys someone with good athleticism and someone that's good at covering kicks that can bring a lot of value on special teams because someone in that room needs to needs to be involved with special teams because that's just it's the normal way that you build an NFL roster and there's no reason to do it otherwise um, just to fill out the special teams depth chart they're going to need a receiver in there somewhere so you know like like we talked about before um, Terry McLaurin would be a great fit I think for that type of role if he's there in the fourth or fifth round mm-hmm. um, from Ohio State He's a great special teams cover guy, and he's a very, very good athlete, as everybody saw at the Combine. And he's also, you know, I think I don't know if he's ready to contribute right away as an NFL receiver, um, aside from, like, depth and maybe some rotation or just running deep routes, but he actually showed a lot at the Senior Bowl as far as route running, and I think he was even, like, giving lessons to other guys about how he got open on specific routes and one-on-ones. So um, I think that's someone that they should consider just – kind of putting a face with, you know, putting a name with the, uh, the role that we're talking about. But yeah, I think they definitely need to look that direction at some point on the third day of the draft. If the value matches up with the pick.
0: Yeah. Any, any other guys? I mean, I think McLaurin's fantastic. I would love for him to be there. Any other guys you're keeping your eye on?
1: Um, I'm interested to see like where miles Boykin gets picked. You know, he was a freak freak of nature at the combine and, um, I mean, it's hard to say what at what point in the draft he gets picked, but he's an intriguing player. If he's there on day three, I would say.
0: Yeah, I would say so too, and I think that they would be relatively smart too to just consider um, some sort of slot player too. Here, here's why I say it. it. I don't know. Things change. The dynamic has changed. Like I viewed Jarvis Landry as. They were going to keep him just through 2019 because that's when they had the out after 2019 with a minimal dead cap. But now, I, I mean the bond and the way the Browns are building that bond with with Beckham and Landry and like the bond that he it's national. Like I just don't see them breaking that up. Like I don't know mm-hmm. whether they restructure Landry's deal maybe because right. I don't know how much is guaranteed after um you know after that next year I I just feel like and you tell me what you think but I feel like Landry's locked in as long as Odell is here because they they want to keep those two together as the core
1: yeah I think in the short term that makes sense but I think long term there's going to have to be tough decisions that are made and I think we all know that OBJ has much higher upside and is a much more talented player than Landry um of course and, and i am a fan of landry i'm not one of the landry haters at all by any means i see the value that he brings as a complimentary receiver and especially working out of the slot um but i think yeah long term there are going to be tough decisions probably that have to be made and some of those might involve landry but yeah i'm not as sold on the the out in 20 after 2019 being used on him or yeah after this upcoming season yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I was pretty sold on it as a way to create space because they're doing the whole cap rollover and they can kind of bump up what they pay out this year, but next year they could cut some paces. And uh, that was one of the areas I looked at, but I just I feel like two years they're good. Like this year, next year, (laughs) probably good, and then you make, like you said, those hard decisions. So maybe that slot type of guy, I don't know how much they want to, if they want to develop that player, you know, you're kind of pigeonholing some guys in his slots. Yeah. but uh, you know, I, we, we can examine those another time, but you're kind of guessing at yeah. this point. I do want to get your vibe on You know, what mm-hmm. is – who are your top guys in this? I know the Browns aren't interested in them, but I've asked everybody I've brought on in this prospect series sort of who your top guys, who you're ranking. If the Browns were selecting the Odell Beckham <clears throat> trade didn't happen, they're interested at 17, kind of your top three guys and why.
1: Yeah, so DK Metcalf, I know that he – didn't do well in the three cone and the short shuttle at the combine but uh, in my opinion I don't think he should have even done it because a lot of big receivers like him have sat out of the three cone and the short shuttle and if he would have done that then <laughs> nobody would be talking about his combine in a questionable way at all they would just be looking at the explosive jumps the 40 time there they, they would be saying oh my god this guy's a freak of nature so um, yeah I I've been really impressed with what I've seen from him when I've studied him he's just an extremely explosive athlete that I think like, yeah, there's a lot of rawness with the way that he runs routes, but there's just so much natural talent there as far as tracking the ball deep. Um, his releases actually showed very good technique, being able to separate early in the route, uh, with releases and just being physical off the line of scrimmage. And, and I actually think that he might be the rare type of receiver at the NFL level that doesn't even have to run a full route tree, but still creates explosive plays and, um, like dominates games with a couple touchdowns and maybe 150 to 200 yards some weeks just because of his explosiveness before and after the catch and his ability to win deep. Um it, I think it's kind of just watching him reminded me a lot of Josh Gordon in 2013, where I thought, you know, that season, Gordon was not a Paul runner at all. I mean, he would, yeah. he ran probably like five, six, seven routes for the most part, but he would catch drags and he, and then he would run for, you know 40 yards or he'd catch a slant and he'd take it 80 yards or he'd catch a, a you know a go route and he would just take it to the house so those that's kind of been my comparison all along for him and, and i i would have been comfortable with him at 17 but you know now we've got a guy that's a better player <laughs> um next i would say is still hollywood brown just because i'm so intrigued with his explosive ability and he reminds me so much of deshaun jackson um And I will say that the injury stuff scares me and the weight, 166 pounds, like that's pretty scary too. But just when you watch him, I mean, he's just an explosive threat consistently. I really like the way he runs routes and creates separation. And I mean, a lot of people that are going to listen to this have probably seen, they saw Baker Mayfield in college. They've probably seen Oklahoma the past two years. I mean, there's no denying that guy's talent and his explosive ability. So Mm -hmm. I think he should definitely fit into you know, the late first round, early second round, if the medicals test out for him. And then after that, I would say, uh, JJ Arcega-Whiteside, uh, did I say his name right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I was really impressed with him. I was surprised by how, how much I actually liked him. I usually tend to gravitate more toward guys that create separation, um, and have more like twitchiness to them, but He's actually a very, um, very crafty route runner for being a big, bigger receiver, a box out type guy and, uh, you know, a dominant red zone threat. Um, He was, he's one of the best I've ever seen actually at winning contested catches. And I think that he is a solid second round type receiver that you take him. And um, I think he should fit into any receiving group really around the NFL very well. Whoever takes him, I think they're going to get a really good player. And, and I think that he has more more speed and, like I said, more route running ability than I expected going into watching him and studying him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a fun study. What do you think of Akeem Butler, a guy who's been pretty popular Browns circles?
1: <clears throat> he's a really good athlete. Um, I think that he's extremely inconsistent when it comes to route running and creating separation and his hands especially in contested situations are very um very questionable i believe he dropped around 15 or 16 percent of his catchable targets last season so that's Mm -hmm. that's pretty tough um but i do recognize that he's an exceptional athlete for his size and um i do think that he projects probably best to being like a big slot receiver kind of like um it's just tough because Marcus Colston was just such a, such a cerebral player and such a consistent player. But I think that's kind of what you're dreaming that you get is like a bigger Marcus Colston kind of, or even like a, even like a wide receiver version of Jimmy Graham kind of, you just hope because those two guys both played in the slot for the saints all those years. So like they would play opposite each other. So I just think he's kind of like an intermediate middle of the field attacking type player. And I do think that people have gotten kind of carried away with some of the big time highlight plays he had against like Kansas, for example, where he would like, he would dominate these corners and safeties and then run for 50 yards after the catch. But like sometimes you've got to take into account the player that he's doing that to. And I thought that going through his whole season, when I studied him closely, I just, I wasn't nearly as impressed as I wanted to be. And especially like I said, in those contested situations and, and in traffic where, that's probably where he's going to be a lot because he played in, he played in the slot a lot at, um, at Iowa State, and I think that that's probably how a team's going to use him at the next level too, kind of just like a, a small tight end or a big slot. So that's kind of how I view him. I think that he he could be an explosive player at the next level, but I don't think he's ever going to be a consistent player at the next level.
0: I'm with you. I pretty much align that way too. I think people get a lot of those highlight reels and those contested catches that you know, make the ESPN runs and they get this idea of a wide receiver that he's not. I am hoping he is. I mean, he's obviously not going to be in Cleveland. Um, so hopefully he impacts wherever he goes. He's a fascinating prospect Cause like you said, some of the the <clears throat> crazier body measurements and testing that we've ever seen, um, yep. you know, uh, his way, who are, uh, who are any other dark horse talents that if the Browns were in the market, um, and they still might be, so these guys could be put in play for Cleveland. Uh, you know that you would that you would be interested in anybody else.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued by like Jalen Hurd from Baylor. I just thought that he was he looked really natural for what for his experience level at the position. I mean, he was a running mm-hmm. back a few years ago at Tennessee, and he's like 6'4", 6'5", So you can imagine how weird he would have looked as a running back, and he transitioned to wide receiver. And last year, actually doing one of their games for you know for pff i was like that's jalen hurd what like that dude that doesn't look like him and it actually it was him i was like what like i couldn't believe it because he just looked so fluid and um some of the routes that he was running just looked really natural I, i just was blown away by the transformation that he's made so i'd definitely be intrigued by him on day three and i think um You know, Preston Williams, I was really excited about him early on, but I've just heard recently, like, he showed up to his pro day kind of out of shape, didn't run nearly as fast as people expected, and then there's all the character things, too, with him, so I've kind of dropped out on him pretty much, but I thought I was really impressed with what he did, you know, on the field. He was actually in my top three at one point, but more recently I've kind of pushed him aside just because of such an awful showing at that pro day.
0: Yeah, there's there's those are great. I was gonna actually mention Jalen Hurd before we we stepped off here, but another one just kind of low key that I'll give you guys before we go is Greg Dortch from from Wake Forest. He's not very big. He's on that Hollywood Brown mold, that five five nine ish, five ten ish, one sixty five mm-hmm. to one seventy. But I actually Brendan and I had a lot of discourse on that QB one show that was out, and Sam Hartman was a kid that was on there, and I watched him play his freshman year at. At Wake, and I was just fascinated by this kid who created easy separation and was really effective in special teams too. So uh, I'm not sure where Dorch goes. He's he's probably not going to rank very high on many boards. So if the Browns are looking to use one of those six-round picks or something like that, Dorch might be a guy who's there that the Browns think could possibly develop as a over two years, maybe two or three years, maybe when Landry's gone after 2020 or whatever decisions come. Uh, maybe a guy that they feel comfortable with playing in the slot at that point. So just the name to keep an eye on. But um, other than that, uh, that, that pretty much wraps it up. we gave give you some uh, Odell.
1: Odell, oh, I had that. one more thing. I had I'll one more thing him, I man. wanted to. Yeah. So earlier when you asked me about Higgins, I realized that we didn't go back and um, like, I kind of, I talked about Higgins, but you asked me about Callaway and I didn't really give yes, much of a touch on that. him. So, so I feel like that needs to be touched on. Um, I'm actually, I'm really excited about what the OBJ, you know, Trade means for him because I was just saying to Jake the other day, um, I was just talking about how I think that Callaway's best role is kind of like how the the Buccaneers used Deshaun Jackson last year. So their top three receivers were Mike Evans, they had Chris Godwin, and then they also had Adam Humphries. So those three guys were basically their starters, and then what mm-hmm. they would do is they would rotate in Deshaun Jackson at. Like any of those spots, I mean, he was more of an outside receiver, but they would still put him in the slot sometimes. And what they did with him was they would just get him in these situations where he he would be going against guys that couldn't run with him. And so they would be creating mismatches. They would be rotating him in at any spot at any time. And I just think that's such a perfect role for Antonio Callaway. Um, You minimize his role more because we all saw the inconsistencies with him last year, And, and and I'm. I am high on him long term. I think that he absolutely can be a starter and become a much more consistent player. But on a team that's you know, trying to win a Super Bowl and trying to go deep into the playoffs, you want consistent players across the board. And, and we don't know if Callaway's ready to go to that level yet. So um, it's very important that they lock up Higgins because they can't have Callaway as the only experienced receiver behind Landry and and Beckham so they absolutely need to bring back Higgins but with Callaway I just think that that's a guy that you can put at x or or actually this is this is something pretty cool about him is that you can put him at x move OBJ over to z have Callaway take the top off and then put Odell in motion and you know move him across the across the formation and yeah. a lot run of those him on long over routes Yep. yep, exactly. Deep crossing routes where Callaway's t- taking the top off, where you're not going to want Landry or Higgins to be taking the top off so much. But Callaway's a guy that can do that all day long. So I think that you just have so much flexibility with those guys, and they can all play all the different receiver spots. But Callaway is really like the – just – I mean, he's the true like deep threat of the group. I mean, he he is – a blazer. He's super fast and I think they're gonna bring him in the game in, in situations I mean they're gonna play him a lot, but I think he'll come in the game in situations where maybe the DB's tired and they just run him right by him and take the top off the defense. If Mayfield sees the matchup, he just lets it lets it rip and yep. he could he could end up with five or six touchdowns next year potentially. So I'm I'm just really excited about what this means for him.
0: Yeah, it's especially exciting to consider if you want them like you'd mentioned to me and you put it out to Twitter, I think, a little bit too is staying in eleven personnel a lot. He's that guy who can give, you know, if the Browns are up tempo or if or if just somebody needs a blow for a situation and you know, he's good yep. depth too. Inj- Browns were really lucky with injuries last year. You never know injuries could happen this year. He's if that's your fourth weapon, come on. I mean, that's pretty good. I mean that guy can oh, that guy absolutely. can change. He can like you said, he can change a game with speed. So they're in a good yep. position. It sounds like Willie's um amongst others there, you know, you have Jalen Strong who they're giving a shot too, but uh it looks like Willies Ratley and then whoever they bring in and we we forgot to mention too they they could have plans for Ricardo Lewis. I mean, I, it yep. seems a little far-fetched, but they they you know, they he he was like I don't he was kind of progressing where Higgins was the year before, the, you know, last where the injuries um kept him out this year. So he he could be in play. They could have plans for him that we don't know about. Uh, I, I you know like i said seems far fetched at this point but he could be that guy that they want to end up keeping over ratley or somebody like that too that oh rookie yeah is maybe the rookies the sixth guy and they they but that is, that's the end of the roster battle there at the yeah. b- wide receiver yeah. position probably a guy they draft willies yep. ratley and uh and ricardo lewis would you agree
1: and yeah i absolutely agree and something that lewis is going to have that those other guys don't have is he is a tremendous special teams player yeah. he was a great gunner when he was healthy he was you know, he was the gunner. I think the two, year, yeah, the two years that he was yep. healthy, he was one of their gunners pretty much every game. So, yeah, he's the type of guy that you want to have in that fifth or sixth receiver spot as a gunner, as a developmental type guy. And hey, it's his contract year, so I mean, if an injury or two happens, hopefully he would be motivated enough to step in and you know give them something. Because I agree that he was progressing. He seems like a really hardworking guy, a high character guy. So.
0: I agree. You never know with guys like that. And, that. and like you said, the biggest thing with that group is probably going to be special teams. So you're going to have those guys out in training camp, you know, like Willies, like we talked about, those guys who are going to be competing to run down the field and make plays. And special teams just to fight for a roster spot. And um, but yeah, they're they're in, you know, it's the best wide receiver room we've ever seen in Cleveland. I mean, maybe, maybe some late, some late 80s situations rival that I'm not, I can't be perfect with that stuff, but I know since 99 is the best one we've ever seen. So exciting times. There are some fun names in the draft that the Browns could look to target late. It's fun not to have to worry about that all too much too, as well. So, but otherwise, Hey, Brendan, man, thanks for joining me. I know you're a busy guy. Um, But, but yeah, insights always a top notch, buddy. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me on. I enjoy it and uh, go Browns.
0: That's right baby go browns guys if you can uh jump on the iTunes give us a subscription I always tell you to give us five stars, but 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 on the real, be honest. If, if it's not five stars, you know, j- judge us fairly. I appreciate your feedback. I appreciate you following on Twitter. There's an OBJ article I just put up on my personal page at Jake underscore Burns 18. Uh, you can find Brendan Leister at Brendan Leister on Twitter as well. He's got tons of stuff that he puts up. Just great thoughts every single day regarding Brown's roster shape, depth charts, all of those things that keep sort of where they're at in perspective. So follow along with Brendan, follow along with Um, You know, both of us at Browns Film Breakdown, um, you know, Twitter handle, too. And we appreciate everything you guys are are, are doing, following along, always in, uh, you know, appreciating the support, too. So we will sign off the way Brendan signed off just a few seconds ago. Go Browns.
1: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.